And I would challenge, you know, listeners to go deep and figure out, you know, who am I? Who, why am I here? Who is my creator? Uh, you know, I'm very, very at peace with all of that. And I think that's a big part of success is that you feel like then, you know, you are fulfilling your, your mission in life and purpose in life. My name is Paul Harvey, and this is Life, Passion and Business. We're about helping you explore, finding your passion for life and the work that you do. But it's so much more than that. It's about finding clues to the big life questions. What does it mean to be successful? What is the meaning of life? If you're looking for more, then join me on this journey, where together we will discover through interviews, tools and tips, how to live life full of meaning, passion and purpose. I have a special admiration for those that have a natural talent for music and performance. I had the acting bug in my 20s and I love to sing in groups. Our guest in the show is a creative powerhouse. She has written and performed her own one-woman show. She has three musicals to her name. She plays, sings, composes, and she's written five books, plus speaking at live events. Deborah Johnson's life is about the expression of creativity, and that journey began when she was just nine years old. She was born to a musical family with a sister playing violin. Deborah was interested in the organ but guided to the piano and progressed quickly in her ability to play and sing. She was the young little pianist who would do the little solo at events and fairs. Deborah took on her first students when she was just 13. After college with an MA she taught up music at all levels but her passion was always been about creation and performance. And that has been the story of discipline and dedication to her craft. And she says it's about putting in the reps. She believes in hard work to get a result. In our conversation, we touch on her process, her fear, and what it is that drives her. Deborah is a solopreneur and is constantly looking for that next creative project. She's been nominated for multiple Grammy Awards after 20 years in the entertainment industry. She's built multiple self-driven businesses and is an expert on how to constantly reinvent yourself in the gig economy. Deborah is actively speaking and performing for both live and virtual events and will continue with her creative projects, as she says, until my kids put me in a home. So let's join this conversation with Deborah Johnson. So this is life, passion and business. And it's not necessarily about the business, it's about you. What has been your journey? Where did it all start for you? Well, are we starting from the very beginning? <laughs> well, we do need to start from the very beginning because this is this is the passion journey. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> not, it's actually quite nice to know what you plan to be when you be, you know, be, before you got big. <laughs> yes, before I got big. Uh, hopefully, that's in a good way. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I I'm going to start up with just I'm going to kind of summarize yeah, um, because the whole beginning of my life has been, of course, in music. And uh, at the age of probably about eight, I was really wanting to take organ lessons. I just thought the organ was just so great. You know, you use your feet, you use everything, and I loved the sound of it. And uh, it was recommended to my mother, wisely, that I should start on piano first because of the technique and all of that. So uh, we had to wait for a teacher, which is actually a very good principle for anybody to have to do because I was so hungry to learn by the time I got the teacher uh, in with a teacher at nine and a half and progressed very quickly, um, ended up performing right away. And uh, one thing that I had and that she has told me throughout was a natural ear. And you can't really train that completely. There's a there's a certain amount of that you have naturally that you can just pick things up and do things on the fly. And it's one of the reasons I'm a writer. So uh, I mean, I am not a savant by any reason, any means, because I know savants in music. But um, but that was one of the things that I had. And with the training, especially in improvisation at first, and then branched out into classics when I was in the high school and really learned discipline. And that teacher almost dropped me because I started the improv, you know, the improving on uh, Bach, and, which I ended up doing later, which was a lot of fun. I got away with it later because I had the technique. But, 
but the um, um, at that point, you know, I had to really, really learn the discipline. And that kind of went on. I always thought, you know, I wanted to be in music somehow. I got kind of pushed into teaching and uh, did not like just staying in the classroom. I've taught every single level, every level. Privately, I've taught since 13. Um, but, and then I started, you know, I got the graduate degree, so I've taught in, you know, even graduate school and, uh, colleges and, but I just didn't want to really stay in the classroom. So I've, I've, you know, been, I'm a creator, I'm an entrepreneur and that's really been what my journey has been and expanded my, um, music career. I've been doing headline entertainment, all of that. And this is a lot about me. You just, <laughs> I'll let you ask some questions. No, this, this, is, this, this is great. Keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah, a lot about me. I mean, I'm, you know. This is all about you. This is your chance. This is all yeah. about you. But um, I ended up expanding my career into speaking and writing books, which I've absolutely loved. That was in 2008 and nine with the Great Recession here uh, in the United States. And... Um, and I just kind of figured out, you know, my some of those headline shows, large arenas, everything I was doing, and some of those, they just either were not booking. They were actually booking the um, the acts that had been out a while, you know, and they had, they had the one-hit wonders, all of those. They were starting to, and the, um, the, the, the tribute bands. Mm. And I was different. I was doing either a one-woman show or I was doing a headline a double piano show. And uh, so I started, you know, our bookings really started tapering off. And I realized in corporations and in some of those conventions, they were still hiring speakers. So I thought, oh, well, is that such a thing? What is it? So <laughs> I figured it out and started. I've loved now the process of writing a book. Uh, I've written now just came out with my fifth, which is called The Summit. Um, but you know, that's been a journey too, because it wasn't just in my natural wheelhouse. I've had to learn and grow, surround myself with editors that made me rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, <laughs> but I'm doing what I love to do. When we talk about passion, um, and success, I'm on that journey because this is, I'm kind of, I, I love what I do and it's not always about the money. I do make it, but, um, it's it's really about really developing what you love to do and what you're called to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to that beginning because I mean I you know, I I love the fact that I mean I'm envious that you are good with music and you because I'm a singer I can sing I have a voice I just don't have any I don't have an ear. <laughs> I, <laughs> my timing is crap. I just can't, I can't seem to I can't seem to maintain it really. So so I have a I have a tenor voice and I and I love to sing. I really do love to sing. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I've always enjoyed music, but I have a lot of admiration that people that took it further. So you know, I have a lot of admiration there. What was the driver for you? Because obviously, you wanted to play the piano. What was so exciting about it? <sighs> you know, that's that's a really interesting question, and I'm not always asked what drives me. Um, but I just um, I had a grandmother on my mom's side, and I think there was a little bit of that just inner uh, drive because she came over from Italy, she was 100% Italian, and played in Carnegie Hall when she was 16, played both violin and mandolin. And uh, so there was a little bit of that. My mom was really, she always played, my dad would play what my, my mom called hootenanny music with the, uh, you know, the, all of the, that sort of music, but my mom would always play opera. She loved the opera, sort of the classics and everything. And so it was a lot her encouragement, I think, and uh, what I kind of was encouraged to do. And part of it, she just made it kind of a part of the education, my education, but also because I picked it up pretty fast and I started performing and I had a reason for doing what I was doing. And there was a, my teacher had a singing group that was doing some fairs and some community events and some churches and she brought me in and I was, the you know the young little pianist that would do a little solo and uh, that's how I started and then when I learned I could sing and play I started to work a lot one of the women in LA that that works that has been working a lot because I can do you know I can hold full-on conversations and play and then sing you know that that sort of thing is <laughs> you know sort of ability there but I think the driving part too and this is why I wrote the book music for kids is a lot of this just if you put it as part of an education not all kids are going to go into music but they'll develop a real enjoyment of it 
Now, for me, I had that natural talent. And Paul, just so you know, there are very few, very few people that are monotone. <laughs> they just have, you know, little trouble with pitch. But you know what's kind of interesting, Paul, is that I grew up also, my younger sister, one of my sisters, my middle sister, was a violinist. And my mom noticed, in our family, we had this old little organ that was the first little keyboard thing we had. And, uh, you know, I mean, my family grew up scra scraping along and this was, you know, enough to pay for music lessons, but we had this little organ to start. And my sister, younger sister, would match the notes. She'd match the octaves and I would just play them all. So she knew the sister that would match the notes would be good on violin because of her ear, which she does have an ex excellent ear. And I grew up as her, um, her free accompanist. So I could identify an A <laughs> right away. I could just sing it because of all of the tuning. So Very what, what style do you sing? Do you, I mean, you obviously started in, in classical. Do you, have you, did you? Well, yes, yeah, singing, I had to study some of the classics. Mm. Um, but I sing everything from I love Carol King and all of the, you know, that sort of uh, era. Um, but I've also what I've been known for in some of my one woman shows are all the stuff from Phantom of the Opera because I can hit what's called the many notes uh, at the top notes. And uh, but, you know, have the highs and lows. And so, you know, when I kind of burst into a think of me or something like that, it's. You know, that's usually a, the showstopper. I, but I, see, you know. The thing about it is I know some of this stuff because I did a lot of, so I did a lot of singing training for a few years. Good. And what people don't seem to realize is the range that some of those songs are. Yes. Bloody enormous. Those songs yes. are a couple of octaves, if not more sometimes. And that's why when you go and see some of these shows, the cast are dead because they've been there. Yeah. <laughs> right. It takes a lot of physical yeah, you work. You see the cast and you look like, right. they're knackered. They've, they've worked hard. <laughs> yes, definitely worked hard. Yeah. yeah. So obviously yeah. your passion is this is what is the passion of it, though? I mean, this is what we haven't got to the grips with, because I know that obviously it's, there's a joy in being able to communicate yes. like this. Right, right. But what is it about for you? I think the passion always and it doesn't matter what what I'm doing, whether it's music, whether it's putting out a book or whether it's speaking, but it is inspiring people and encouraging people. It's when people leave like lifted up, I have done my job. Mm. I have, that gives me such joy. And, and I feel like people have, um, a lot of people are just struggling, especially right now, they are struggling, a lack of hope. And uh, I mean, I've heard from some of the, the doctors and said, you know, do what you need to do and then please live life, mm. <laughs> you know? Losing both parents within five years um, with both sides of our uh, parents, it really re made me realize that, you know, you, you can't put off Life living. Life is together. for living, absolutely. Yes, Life yes. One of the things my dad said is, you know, I'm not afraid of dying. You know, I, I know where I'm going, but I really like living. And I just want to be able to communicate that. I mean, I have a strong message of hope and strong message to help equip others and uh, maximize their skills, their talents, and their experience. That's kind of what I do with my, my speaking, uh, with the mm -hmm. hero inside. But, but, but even in music, all of that, I use media in everything I do because it just lifts the spirit. And if I can help get others beyond that, um, that roadblock, I mean, certain people are never going to get beyond it because they're going to live as victims. And those are not my clients. That is not who I work with. I do not do well around those people, actually, <laughs> because if well, you're going to stay there, I'm, I'm sorry. As a coach, <laughs> what I tend to say is, OK, yeah, I can I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So how long would you like, how long would you like to talk about this? Because we'll, 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 we'll set the timer and you can have five minutes of bitch whining and moaning and then we'll start sorting the problem out, shall we? <laughs> I, I, I love that. You put the timer on. I have a timer. So that's <laughs> <laughs> you get five minutes. Other than that, we ain't working anymore. Yeah, I love that. But, you know, I, I do appreciate what you say about the idea of uh, inspiring people. And I, and I think your work does. And for the benefit of my audience, if you have not tried singing, do it. Because <laughs> the one thing I would say to you is when you sing, it connects every single part of your body. Yes. And you feel bloody amazing afterwards. 
I, I took my, so I live near the Finhorn Foundation, which is a, a, a multi-faith spiritual community, more about community living than spirituality, but it's a multi-faith organization that's in the north of Scotland, struggling at the moment, as you can imagine, because it can't have, oh. any, can't have any guests. But anyway, and they do a thing called Teze singing, which originated in France in the place called Teze. And it's basically devotional singing, I would call it. And it was brought to Findhorn by Barbara Spettina, who was someone who's a, who's a musician there. And it basically just, it, they have a, a regular service every week where people just go and you sing a selection of songs. There's a few readings. It's, it's not Christian. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's just spiritual. It's, a, it's like a spiritual event, right? It's a wonderful place to go because you get to sing in four-part harmony with, with anybody. Wow. And it's beautiful. Um, and because we all know the songs quite well, the sound is amazing. Anyway, I took my father along when he was alive oh. and he didn't really resonate, resonate with it because for him, it was all bloody religion. <laughs> but I put him, I sat in there and afterwards I said, did you enjoy that, dad? He went, mm -hmm. I said, I said, and I said, well, what was anything? And he goes, yeah, that bit at the end when they did that, that sound, we all did that sound together. That was amazing. Wow. I went, yeah, it was, wasn't it, mate? You know, and, and I and I know he got touched in that one moment mm. by just everyone singing this this thing together, where everybody made the same sound, and it just right. it just filled the room with resonance. And I know you feel better when you do this sort of stuff. So I, I really it, it really it. does it it um, really speaks to your soul because mm. you do have to use all of your body and taking a good breath as a singer. I've taught singers for years and it has to be that lower belly breath. It's very mm. similar to, you know, some of the things that are, you know, people are taught in Pilates and, and yoga and all that, but it's, it's this nice deep breath and you're using your body. And when you hear that, that group together, um, it is, it's truly inspiring. And I tell you, I've heard of a lot of bad choirs, but people are having such a good time. <laughs> I, I remember walking away from one thinking, that they had sung this a cappella piece that literally, I am sure they, they changed keys seven seven times. I mean, it was like they were having fun. Oh, they were having a great time. I just had to kind of walk out. Oh well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, dear. It's just it's it's great stuff. It really is. Yeah. So look, obviously you went on to write, and so you've written four books. Did you say? Did I catch? Actually, just came out with my fifth. I just happened to have, if you're watching video, just happened to have a copy of my fifth, The Summit. Um, but yes, I've written four others. This is the first allegory, which uh, is kind of interesting because an allegory is a story within a story. And it's most like, because I've written musicals, I've written three musicals, and I always say bad habit uh, because <laughs> I'm a money sucker. But, uh, but the process, you know, I have them out there and they've been done and all of that. But the, um, the process of writing a script, which was the hardest time and it's, that I had with them, and it's the part that gets criticized the most. The music, the music is beautiful, but but if if you have actors on this that uh, they say, you know, this just isn't working for me, which is a whole other field, actors than music. But I've really learned to appreciate what they bring to it. Um, but this was mostly like because it was developing the character in the summit, so that that was really fun and the story within the story. But it was something that I felt like I needed to put out. Now the others have been um, like self help books. My women at halftime goes through. Uh, the process of going to Hero Mountain. It's very step-by-step, -step, wonderful book. And they've all had some great reviews, And but there are more... I take it Hero Mountain is the hero's journey? Yeah, it's playing like the hero's journey. The Hero Mountain, there are uh, mm. the steps to get to Hero Mountain that include, you know, your purpose and your relationships and your skills and, and all of those. Do you, those do you, I, I'm sure the book is fantastic. And I'm sure yeah. it's really good. But I, I always wonder about the hero's journey. Do you think it's really very much of a masculine thing rather than a feminine thing? Um Okay, so explain that question. You're looking for the masculine instead of the well, feminine. Well, I know. Well, I just wonder because I I use the hero's journey. I do right. that because the hero's journey is part of what what we all use it. It's everywhere. Right. It's all over the place. It is. But but it's like, is there another story? Because it's the hero's yes. journey is very much about like this 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 thrusting forward. This person pushed into the limelight. It's about it's quite a a pushing process. But right. feminine energy is not necessarily like that. So I I always wonder is does the hero's Germany really fit with 
women in their own context or are they just is it does it push them trying to be take on a more masculine role oh i don't know i'm just asking i'm not making a comment on it <laughs> you know it's really a journey um going from the main character goes from her name is mallory which means ill-fated full oh, of right. doubt full of, <laughs> and she has to grow and to be able to get actually onto her summit which she goes through the whole journey which I went through all of those steps of the hero's journey as well. It's a great outline. Mm. But her name changes to Andriette, which means strong and courageous. Oh, nice. But she has to in she has to come to this. Doesn't matter who you are. This is a principle of life of mm. of being able to overcome that self-doubt and that's you know that not good enough that when I started out with uh, names before I came on to the actual names, you know, that was her name, not good enough. <laughs> so, because that's how a lot of people feel in life. And they are, they are full of that self-doubt, uh, hesitancy, that fear, everything of going forward. And, but she has to go through a certain part of this journey to really realize who she is and to be victorious through that. So, and it shows, you know, I, I created, which is the fun creative part for me because I am just, I love to create, but I, you know, I had a whole map okay? oh, wow. and in the book is a uh, black and white map, of course, <clears throat> but, but this is, you know, there's, there's a couple maps here, the journey to hero mountain. Then I have another one with the land of allure, which uh, she goes through the social media service. Imagine what that is, <laughs> uh, but the, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's, this whole journey, but she really has to go through and make her own decisions. So yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a very good question on that, Paul, because it doesn't matter. I think we, we tend to categorize people as, you know, whether they're, um, you know, who they are. So. I guess so. I mean, my question, I guess, because you're using the hero's journey is that, is yes. there any other story other than the hero's journey? Because we see it everywhere, you know, yes. and, and it's expected of us. It's expected yes. of, the, of that. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Yeah, you know, what was what was your low point? What was you, what was your point you had to push through on it on your hero's journey? Well, I think uh, because I I get into comparison, and uh, so my hero's journey. I mean, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur, a lifetime yeah. entrepreneur, solopreneur, and there are times when I am journaling, and I'm going, okay, should I just quit today? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Those are, I think most, I go through those steps and it's not just one time. I go through those same sort of feelings and the comparison to where um, even, I mean, I was leading as the president of a nonprofit. I'd never even worked in corporate. And now I was leading, I was on a board for four years and, and leading this group and thinking there were some very strong personalities and I felt like I had to be a certain way. And I thought, you know, after a time, I thought, you know, I just need to be who I am and bring what my uniqueness is here. But it takes that in these steps and getting ready for shows is the same thing when you're putting a new show together. So there's not just been one time for me when I'm putting together a brand new headline show and the type of rehearsal it takes, the dedication and the, the repetition, you got to do the reps and uh, do the videos and watch your videos and think, oh, I look horrible. You know, those sort of things that you go, I think everybody has to go through with um, their own part of uh, getting to their summit. And it's not just a standard hero's journey because there's going to be that up and downs, I think, throughout life. I hope that answers some more of your question. Yeah, I think it does. I, I also think it's very clear that someone who is in the performing space, as in, as in yourself, I, I think you get to experience it far more than the majority of people because you're always on show. You're, right. you're out there putting yourself over the parapet and having to kind of go, yeah, hello, it's me, come watch. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and the majority of people don't have that experience. The closest they get is, that, is, is they put something out on social media and hope for the best. Yes. Right, right. And, and when they look at themselves, I mean, I've read a lot of, you know, these major actors and, you know, they've done these amazing things and they can't stand to watch their movies, you know. And, um, and it, I've, I've had to discipline myself to go ahead, you know what, I need to watch this and to get better. And it's not easy um, to be able to do that, but you know what, you do get better. It's the reps. I was just uh, sharing with, with a group I was working with last night and said, you know, you just have to put the reps in. 
and you have to evaluate and the only way you're going to get better is just to do it you can't <laughs> sit in your own little box and not do it so no this is true this is very true you have to just keep keep moving forward and and that's the thing about it isn't it really you know we've got this whole thing in culture about failure oh yeah and it's like yeah, ugh, uh, yeah it, mm, it, and it's the whole word of failure it's like <laughs> and yet we all learned to walk and we all fell over a lot before we did right. and it's a stepping stone yeah but i guess the difference is when we fell over <laughs> when we learned to walk no there was no one going oh you've fallen over again what a disaster you should give up this walking mark <laughs> no they're telling you get up do it again <laughs> But when you fail in business or fail in other things, the, 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 there's no one there to say, ah, oh, there we go, get up, do it again. And that's the issue, isn't it? There's no one there. And that's where that's where coaching helps, where having a coach yes. can, can help you with that process. De definitely, Paul, that really does. And a group around you. Now, I don't yeah. do a lot of individual coaching, um, but uh, I've worked with groups and I, I'm an entertainer. I'm a performer and uh, to be and um, putting out the message, of course, with the writing and the, mm. you know, putting out podcasts and articles and all of that sort of stuff. But but the uh, I think gathering the group around you is so, so important. And this is what COVID did as well, because I started a, like a little happy hour like a year and a half ago, and I've not quit because the people involved are saying, can you keep it going? Can you keep it going? I need to hear from you these. And just an hour, very, very, you know, when I can, when I'm in town, um, absolutely free. But it, but it has this sort of connection with people all over. I mean, they're all over the United States. And so just a small group usually who can tune it, whatever. But it's so encouraging to have those people around you and laugh saying, you know what? I can understand what you're feeling. Yeah. And just this little brief thing of just yeah. that sort of connection. We don't always have that. Sometimes we have, we sit there and we're taking notes and all of this, or we're having somebody just tell us what to do. But this, this a part of sharing, yeah, I sort of, I had this failure this week and I just needed picked up, you know, and that, I think that's very, very helpful with, with relationships and colleagues and giving people the chance at least to do that uh, is very important, especially right now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So look, what's, I mean, success for you has obviously been a journey of performance and that sort of stuff, but what does success mean to you? What does it look like these days? <clears throat> Yeah, success, that's a very, very good question because I've especially um, had to answer that in music uh, because, you know, I still am on contract with Disney. People think that's amazing. I mean, I probably worked for them 25 years on, <laughs> as an uh, uh, independent contractor. But the success is not the contracts. It's not everything else. Success to me is doing what I feel called to do, period. And I get to do what I love to do, which is, I feel very fortunate, but I've worked very, very, very hard. I want to make that very, very, very clear <laughs> to get where I am. But it is, um, the success is not all about, you know, measuring how many sales I make or how many, uh, how much money I make. It is really, I'm a creator. I love to create. I'm always, I got way too many projects that I want to do. I just, you know, I, I'm going to be working until my kids put me in a home. So it's, and, and I'll probably still work. So it's, 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 I think that's part of success. And I think internally as well, you mentioned, you know, the, uh, the spiritual part, I think within us, there is a vacuum. And I see this in a lot of people, they're searching, um, they're, they're trying to find themselves. And I have a real peace with who I am and who my creator is and where I'm going. I have a very spirit, deep spiritual life. And that's, you know, I journal and I spend time um, and a little bit of a devotional. Pretty much every single morning, I try to, you know, just focus the mind. And that is a big part of my success because it is a an internal um, contentment and it, and it, pushes away a victim ment mentality it uh it is filling and i think and that's what that one phrase that i brought up from my dad um when we found out he had two types of cancer we had 11 weeks with him he had never been sick a day in his life and it was a shock mm. uh, but caring for him 
Um, and that phrase that he said, you know, I'm not afraid of dying. I know where I'm going. I knew he knew where he was going. He had that peace inside, but he really likes living. So I want to live every day of my life or most days that I can <laughs> really like living. And I want to spread that news to others to help them enjoy their calling and where they're going to be. Um, it, you know, you can't buy back the years. I wrote a song called that. Can't buy back the years. It, it, you just can't. So today is another day. Tomorrow, yeah. We never know what could happen to us. We just, you know, going through this worldwide no, epidemic. No, we, we live in a world where we expect to live to get up tomorrow. But yes. the reality is you do not know that's true. You do not know. That's exactly right. You know, and we all and, fear the idea of dying. And yet people live their life as though they're not going to. I, exactly. And and it's funny. The, um, I keep getting reminded because I'm looking at our little video monitor of my little, I've got this yellow band of hope and I'm wearing it as, as many days as I remember. But I have that is a little um, area that in the summit, the book, she is provided this little band of hope and she can't lose it mm. uh, because if she loses it, she will never get to her summit. And if we lose hope, we we've we've lost. So just providing that, that hope, that reason. So the purpose for who you are, and I would challenge, you know, listeners to go deep and figure out, you know, who am I? Who, why am I here? Who is my creator? Uh, you know, I'm very, very at peace with all of that. And I think that's a big part of success is that you feel like then, you know, you are fulfilling your your mission in life and purpose in life. Wonderful. I have to pick up on something because it's really interesting. What is it that's driving your desire to create? Because that's the one thing I meet people of a, of a certain age and particularly in middle age, we lose that drive. Where, where is that drive coming from that, that you want to keep creating? It's kind of in, in inward, I think. Um, I think when I see like, the finished product and when I when I get to hold it mm. and I think wow I could really do this oh I can't wait I better start you know thinking about and then I get ideas for the next one you know and so what I do my process in fact in the audiobook for this I wrote a bonus chapter in what my process was because people wonder okay so how did you do this why did you how, you know, I've known a lot of people who have started albums, who have started books and never finished. Yeah. Okay, you have to. So um, how did how did you do this? Well, I start with my little index cards and start, you know, with those, put them into beats, then do the rewriting. It was that's why it was so similar to a, a musical script. But with all of this, but but that's where those ideas are as well. I, you know, I have projects lined up and I think it's because I have projects lined up and I can look at it and I get kind of excited about it thinking, oh yeah, I haven't been at that. You have to rotate a little bit so you're not burnt out. And you know, there's another musical score I really need to finish right now, but I'm not in a hurry on it, but it would be good because you know, I'd like to get Personally, what happens to me is I get this amazing idea. The energy right. rises in the idea. I start mm -hmm. working on the process mm -hmm. and then the energy drains away. Yeah, that's what I find happens. Your energy drains away from it. Yeah, energy. you just you have to just keep it on the queue. Take mm. a break, and, and it's okay to come back. It's yeah. just okay to come back. Yeah. But I usually also set good deadlines for myself, and yeah. deadlines are a big part of it. When I set, and they have to be realistic. You don't set stuff too hard. Set little tiny things, and because I'm so much on deadlines and I talk about in my very, very first book, I, I talk about the 10 minute timer. <laughs> that's a little short for a deadline for a book, but it's a great one for me cleaning my office because that's the last thing I want to get to. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So I, yeah. I, I, I said time, that time blocking is brilliant to get stuff done. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it really helps keep you on task mm. to where you feel like you've accomplished yeah. now something because yeah. what holds us back sometimes is, the fact that you're going, I got nowhere. Yeah. I got, I, I'm, I'm going, you know, and so why? Why do it? Yeah. So, but when you, yeah. 
it's the success thing, isn't it, really, that thing? It, yes. Time blocking yeah. allows you to actually get things done, and that allows you to feel successful. Yes. But one thing that is really – the worst thing you need for success is a to-do list, a big, long one, because <laughs> because nice, big, long to-do lists, mm-hmm. you get three things done, yay, and then you beat yourself up about the rest of the things you haven't done. <laughs> oh, just put them on the next, put them on the next. But you do have to, but you have to be realistic. That's very, very important. I'm a, I'm a type A. My husband's a type B. Um, but I really appreciate him because of his thought process. He can still, and he just sees the big picture of everything. So I'm kind of like zoom, 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 zoom. So, cause I'm, the, I'm a little bit different personality, but you learn to appreciate that sort of aspect and, and how to put a couple things on your schedule and not feel like I need to do like 10 things today. Mm. I could, I could do three. Three is actually very reasonable of you know accomplishment so i think so I, I i listen a lot too you have to be fed you know i listen to not only podcasts but to books i started listening i went through when i was writing the summit i went through the entire harry potter series i read read them i mean i'm thinking who can write an 800 page book i mean this was like <laughs> whoa you know jk Rowling. but it was fascinating her character development it was very fascinating um, but you have to be fed and that's where I say I even have that personal devotional time and my journal time. You have to feed yourself or else you get burnout out very, very easily, mm-hmm. especially as an entrepreneur or solopreneur. You have to realize that, you know, this is, you got to pay attention to who you are as well. I love to get outside. Give me a pair of clippers. I am just so happy. And it's just, it's a total diversion for me. I get lost in it. I better not take my dog out there because I'll forget I have the dog out. And he'll run <laughs> <off>. <laughs> so look, let's move on a little bit. What's contribution for you? How do you contribute to the world? I know the answer, but I've got to ask it because it's one of the questions. <laughs> you can talk about that. <laughs> How do I contribute to the world is putting out things that people that will encourage them, move them forward. Yeah in uh, maximizing their skills, uh, the numbers of sheet music. I've got hundreds of pieces of sheet music. I've got the musicals out there. I've got the books out there. Okay. Um, I think we know how you contribute to the world. I think yeah, I, I think, I think, I think you're over. So let's, let's turn that on yourself. How do you contribute to yourself? Oh, to myself. Contribute yeah. to my... How do you contribute to, my, to yourself? To yourself. To own... how, yeah, to you. How do you contribute to yourself, to you? Okay. To I, I think you're asking. Um, it's about it's about self care, isn't it? Self care, yeah. Well, it's what I I think I just mentioned about the journaling, mm. about the listening, um, and I rotate because I like to listen to business books. I love it, and I love to hearing the journey. But I'm listening to another novel right now, and and then when we took our our recent trip, I brought a novel that I could get totally engrossed in. And so reading takes you there, um, listening takes you there, journaling. Um, I'm not a big TV watcher, but I'll watch a movie now and then, and it totally trans, if it's a good one. Um, and I love seeing the, just the creativity behind some of yeah. it, you know, and that, and the story behind some of it. And so, um, you know, all of, all of that is a big part of self-care for me. And, you know, another thing I do is a couple years ago, I decided to take more baths. <laughs> if a bath works for, for you. For all of you guys out there going, oh, I haven't thought of that recently. <laughs> <laughs> bath works for you, fine. <laughs> you know, I have the perfect size bathtub to where if I fall asleep, I won't drown. Okay, so it's perfect. And I can read. And it's very, very relaxing, especially when you get to your colder months. And it's it's been very, and I, you know, this is kind of funny too, because it just shows part of my personality. But I kept an index card with a little pen right there, because sometimes I get these great ideas. But when you start relaxing, and um, that it just, it takes you, again, it's a nice little diversion. And it's a short 20 minute, whatever you can do. Um, and doing that. So that's another little thing. And I started that a couple of years ago. Mm. That's kind of funny. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> I've never know, shared that on a podcast before. No, indeed. But you know, <laughs> this, this is about, as I said, this is about your journey. This is about how you do it, not necessarily what you do. And that's yeah. why this is, that's why we explore this process, really. Yeah. So what's the one question you want people to ask you 
or ask of themselves. You can either have it either way you like. The one question I want people to ask me or ask of themselves is, are, are you um, letting fear block you from what you really want to be able to do? Mm. What's holding you back? Have you ever and, let fear block you from what you wanted to do? Yeah. Are you, are you letting fear or what are you letting? No, but have you? have you ever let fear oh, block you? Have I? Um, I think I've always kind of gotten through it. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it is. And it, again, it's that process. And it's what I help other people do is there's a process for working through this. If you will do it, you know, um, if, if you will journal and if you will, you know, talk through this with a trusted resource and if you will, you know, all of those things, you can get through it and realizing your own strengths and your own limitations as well. You know, I'm not going to be, uh, I, I can't compare myself with certain other entertainers or certain other writers. I, I listen, I read, you know, some of these books and I think, wow. How do they come up with all of, they've got such a vocabulary, you know? <laughs> so um, anyway, I think that answers some of your question. Mm. I think of the, the one mm. question is what's holding you back, you know, mm. um, especially at mid-career or at the halftime of life. And those yes. are, I know that's what you work with as well, but it is, you know, what's holding you back? There's, there's well, that's something. the point. Half time of life is that point, isn't it? Where everyone kind of like hits that hits the buffers a bit, really, because it's like the kids have either left home yes. or worst case scenario, the relationship you were in is no longer happens. And, and, the, right. and the, all right. these plans that you thought right. you would have are right. no longer what you expected. And now it's like, ah, oh, now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah, what's next? What's next? Another, you know, what's those, next? Yeah, yeah. And now for some yeah. people, that's a way up. And for a lot of people, that's actually a, a, a way down. And, and, you know, right. and, you know, life is a quest from the cradle to the grave. And we have to choose <laughs> how we live that quest. <laughs> yeah, you are so right. And when you talk about halftime and midlife or whatever, uh, officially, the age is after the age of 40, which is surprising for some. Um, but usually, you know, I find it's 45, 50. And for some women, they've decided to have children or they haven't been able to have children until a little bit older. So their kids are not gone yet. Fortunately, um, our kids are launched. Huh? I'm so happy <laughs> they're launched, self-supporting. That is the goal. Uh, but the, you know, part of life that you are at, it depends really where you're at with that stage as well. But you're going to face some of those same questions and a lot of relationships. I tell you what, at, at midlife, at halftime, that's when they break up because you've been doing this sort of thing. And then you figure out, okay, who is this person? So yeah, there's a big reckoning during that time. So it's interesting to notice that you're kind. Of, you're quite happy that your kids have gone. You're kind of. It's interesting because <laughs> now I reckon what that's about is because you've always had a hunger projects around you. So your kids oh. haven't been your big projects. For a lot of people, their kids are the projects. You're you're so right. And when the kids go, it causes a massive vacuum in their life. I had it because. I, I became a stay-at-home father so I could be with my only child I was going to have. And the relationship I have with my son is amazing. But when he left home, it was like, oh, a piece of me just walked out the door. So, I, you know, and I really recognize that. And it's like interesting, the difference between us. So I noticed that. Yeah, I had three sons. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like they didn't let me mother them too much. Um, they were, uh, the youngest probably would have even more, but by then I was like kind of worn out. You know, they were four years apart, which is this big bundle of energy all the time. Um, but we raised them to be very independent. And um, that, and I homeschooled for three years. Okay, oh, wow. So that was, you know, survived for three years. Um, but I, I, I'm a strong believer in homeschooling because of what they learned. Um, but the reason I quit was because of our middle son, who later became an attorney. Uh, you can understand why <laughs> he had an answer for everything. But, uh, and very smart. Um, but the, I think the close, I'm very close to our, I love our sons. We have a great, great time. And 
Um, but I'm really happy that they're self-sustaining and they're, I want them to be independent. Yeah. I don't want them to be dependent. Oh, on no, me. I think we all want that. But it's yes. that, it's that, you know, it's that, it's that project that left home. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. I, I want them to go out there and enjoy life. That's what I want them yes. to do. Yes. But I am still, I'm still working to, I'm still developing that relationship because it's, he only left this year. So it's like, it yeah. Really is, yeah. it's really new That's, for me. It's really new for me not to have him around. Yeah. And I cried when our boys left. I mean, I did. I mean, I just watched them rock. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, did, like, I did too. Oh. I did too. It was like, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, you know, but it's very sweet. See, I'm a little bit farther along. Um, our youngest left and came back again, and let you know. I mean, it was that sort sort of journey. Um, and the last time he left, I knew it was really for good. Yeah. So, um, which was good. He had a good, good job, had fin finally finished the degree, the education. And, uh, but it was still hard, but it's such a joy when I get to see them yeah. and, you know, they lock their arms around me and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, but it's, um, it's, it is an adjustment, but I think I've been pretty much self-propelled. They've known that I've, I've worked from home, I, I just decided not to go on tour uh, while the kids were growing up. I did short tours, but I didn't, I wasn't gone for long periods of time and I worked more locally. I was doing club work and um, teaching privately. Mm -hmm. I was very, very busy, but it was a way that I could be around. I can't least. imagine you ever taking time off, actually. I don't think, it, <laughs> I don't think it's cap you're capable of taking time off. <laughs> I just, I just love my work and I, I can like see to that. work. I can see yeah, that. So, I so like to work. Yeah. In that aspect of loving your work and what is it you do for people and how can they get in touch with you? What's the, what's the process? And if they need well, to. Well, I have a, a number of websites, yeah. so you can, <laughs> you know, of course, reach me there. Uh, but what I do is I help others and inspire others to maximize their skills, their talents and their resources yeah. and grow those um, through, I've got online training, uh, I've got programs that I launch twice a year called, um, it's called the Hero Mountain that mm -hmm. we go through. Yeah. You know, it, it's connecting the personal and professional life. And I, and I do that uh, kind of in a group setting, a little bit of individual. Is that for particular, um, is that for particular people? Is that for, for the performers or is that for anybody? Um, I tend to attract the artist types because I am an artist. I wonder but... why that could be then. Yes, I know, I know. And I'm a creator. People want to go, okay, how do you do this stuff? I know. They want to know. You, they want you to are know very, person. I can imagine you'd be very attractive creators. I can, yeah, to I, the creators. I, I, I can, yeah. I imagine yeah. you'd be very challenging to people who are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to be realistic in, in what you're doing too. And you have to be able to develop a business. Yes. It's not, you know, I had been in the gig economy. <laughs> I learned more about developing a business when I got into speaking. And when I was, um, president of that nonprofit, the National Speakers Association, LA chapter. Yeah, more about running a business. And, and that it was really important and about sales and everything. I've never had to sell too much because I get referred so much. So that was, you know, understanding that sort of process. So um, yeah, and get in touch with me. Um, I do live events and now a lot of virtual events. So love doing virtual events because, you know, I've grown too. I'm a techie, but I've really grown in my ability also to present, you know, virtual events. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna sneeze here. My allergies are kicking in. But, you know, DebraJohnsonSpeaker.com, GoalsForYourLife.com has a lot of my online courses and everything. So that's all together, GoalsForYourLife.com. The music website that I've had for ages, DJWorksMusic.com, people love that. I've got a big YouTube channel and all that stuff. So you can, you can find me pretty much everywhere. If you want to connect with me on Facebook, it's Deborah.Johnson. They're on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on all of the, the social media. So, uh, and some of those you can just follow. So that makes it easy. And I, um, okay, well, look, I all those links will be at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. <laughs> Do reach out to Deborah. She is a very, oh, she's a firebrand. She's really fantastic <laughs> to talk to. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, but this has just been fantastic. Thank you so much for being here uh, today. It's been really great to do this. Well, so look, my last question for my last question for you, which is the big question. <laughs> okay. What is the meaning of life for you? Meaning of life is, um, I think, to um, find 
your creator and your purpose, you know, is to know God for me and also to help others get to know who God is. Now, God means different for some people, but I know I have a, a personal sort of that relationship and spiritually and that, you know, it's become even more apparent when I am at the halftime of life and I've watched people take this journey of, as what I say, just crossing over the bridge <laughs> and realizing, you know, all the stuff that you've done, all the projects that you've done, that doesn't mean anything now. Where, what's, what's next? And that to me, because there's such a vacuum, I think, Paul, in a lot of people. I just, I mean, I noticed this in another contact I was talking to last night, searching and what, you know, trying to find it in um, different areas, whether it's comedy improv, whether it's comedy, you know, all of these artistic events as well that we say can fill us up. But there has to be some sort of something that will fill your soul. And, and I think when we talk about the ultimate meaning of life and why we are here, why we are created, um, is that we need to find that out. Every person needs to find that out for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, so did John, I answer it for you? I, it's, it, is <laughs> your, a deep. it is your answer and that's all that matters. Because I know yeah. it, it's just, it went a little deep. <laughs> that's the idea. It's your answer. And I think yeah. it's a good one. It's, it's just, but it is. I, I have no opinion on the answers. I've heard so many and they're all, every one of them is relevant. Because yes. it only matters to you what that answer is because you have right. to live it. Yes. And I do live it. Mm. And that's... That's important because uh, it's real and it's authentic and people are looking for real and authentic right now, especially when you've got so many messages coming from everywhere. Yeah, real absolutely. and authentic absolutely. is very, very important. We talk about authenticity, but people are putting a lot of little branding names on that right now. So, Deborah Johnson, thank you so much for being with me. It's been a great, I really loved it. It's been an absolute pleasure. I never take this for granted and, and uh, a lot of fun. All so. the best. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Deborah Johnson. If you would like to connect with Deborah or see more, understand more about her, she has a lot of websites. She's DebraJohnsonSpeaker.com, GoalsForYourLife.com and djworkshopmusic.com and that is all Deborah's creative processes and projects. You can also find her on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. Now all of those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. And while you're there, do check out the five questions under the resources tab. It's a workbook based on the five questions of the podcast and in my opinion, it is the base point for creating the life you want to live. So do check that one out. And that's it from me for this week. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please give us five stars on the app of your choosing and share it with a friend if you can. So that is it from me. As always, thank you so much for your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best. <laughs>